We're often told by marketing experts and social media gurus that we've got to show up online, put ourselves out there and be our most authentic selves wherever we can, however often as we can. But in reality, no matter where you're doing this showing up, we often find that the more we put ourselves out there, the more pushback we're opening ourselves up to. And that's been true long before social media was a thing. So how do we keep being true to ourselves and being honest with our potential customers and our audiences and doing all this showing up we're supposed to do when sometimes the pushback can be so painful that sometimes it doesn't even feel worth it. Well, I'm talking to my lovely client and friend, Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm again about this very thing. So we're in a time now where there's a lot of friction around meat consumption and sustainable farming practices, which has inadvertently put a lot of my farming and agriculture clients in a really uncomfortable position with a lot of the keyboard warriors out there who think what they're doing is a pretty much a crime in the most extreme senses. And Jill's always been very good at putting herself out there, showing what farming life is really like. Um, Without the rose-coloured glasses view, she's very honest and very real. And following her on social media, you do get a really good idea of what it's like to be a farmer day in, day out. But that hasn't been without its pushback. So I'm talking to Jill today in this episode about what she does about it, how she continues to keep showing up and continues to be authentic in what she does and who she is as a service provider and how she combats online trolling and some of the backlash she gets from being honest about what it is that she does for a living. I really hope you can take something away from this in terms of your own business and how you can show up but protect your mental health and your sanity and still continue to engage with people that could potentially become customers. You ready? Let's jump in. Running a small business while raising small humans in a small town is tough, but it's the kind of tough we chose. Why? Because it allows us to reach bigger financial goals whilst also having the freedom to prioritize things on our terms. So how do we make sure it stays that way? How do we make sure that the businesses we build continue to set us free rather than becoming something we're enslaved by? Well, that's exactly what I'm using this podcast to find out. I'm Meredith Page. As well as being a wife and a mum, I'm a marketing strategist from regional Australia. I'm connecting with the small town entrepreneurs from right across the country. I want to know how they make it work, raising a family and running ethical businesses whilst maintaining mental well-being and healthy boundaries. And every now and then, I'll throw in something I've figured out too. This is the Meredith Page Podcast. I think this is the third episode I've had you on. You're like a repeat guest now. I'm excited. I give a podcast old enough to have repeat guests. That's very cool. Aren't um, you doing well too? Good on you for. I mean, I'm I'm no seasoned podcaster fun. like you, but like, hey, I'll get there. I've had so, almost fifty thousand downloads on my podcast, so I'm pretty happy. Fifty thousand. You've got to get something engraved at that point, surely. <laughs> like, there's got to be something on a mantelpiece somewhere that's got your name on it at fifty thousand. If there's not, that's wrong. Um, so for the benefit of the people who haven't listened to the last two episodes, in which case pause, go back, find them, come back. Um, would you like to, could you give a brief introduction to who you are, how you got started and just tell us a bit about Holston Valley before we jump into this really interesting topic of true stories on social media. Ah, thanks Meredith. Well, thank you for, you know, being a three-peat. I'm so excited too. (laughs) Um, 
My name's Jill. I uh, have wear a few hats, but the main hat that I know Meredith through is my farm business, my farm enterprise, which consists of um, a sheep stud uh, and farm experience business down in South Gippsland in Victoria. And we started it about seven years ago now. And I still have a day job, like a lot of people. So um, still somehow I don't quite. I still don't somehow, know how you do that. Yeah. But <laughs> and as well as running the farm, the farm has a, a sort of it's, it's it's a very open farm. We we have lots of like on an average weekend, we'll have twenty people through our farm, and they could be here to buy stuff, or they could be here just to sort of look over the fence, kind of thing. Um, lots of educational opportunities, um, young and old. We had a, a, a marking lamb day recently and we had everyone from 12 year olds to 82 year olds, you know? So, and, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's really quite, quite amazing. It's very hands-on, um, very practical experience training. And then a lot of my customers, we, I train them so that they're more independent. So it's not, it's not sort of your classic sort of buy, buy a, an animal or buy a product and you never hear from us again sort of thing. I have a sheep podcast and I write a sheep magazine as well. So you back to that, what you said about having a landmarking day. I think that's one of the things watching you post that content triggered me into wanting to get you back on because like I was saying before we sort of press record, um, I've remembered quite regularly that your content on social media very much sort of tells the whole farming story. Like there was one of the ones that sticks in my head was when you were, you, it was really early in the morning and you'd taken a whole group of lambs off to the abattoir and you were kind of just explaining that, look, this is part of the process where sheep meet farmers and unfortunately, unfortunately, this is it. And so like we respect the animals throughout the course of their life but this is ultimately what we're here for. And I really appreciated the fact that it was this holistic, it is what it is kind of approach. There is this kind of like, like you said, romanticized view of it. Um, why do you think it's important to share the whole story of not just farming, but I suppose every business, um, even if it's not the necessarily glossy, glamorous, warm and fuzzy? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there's so many reasons why we need to be real um you, you know and 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 really true i suppose and and probably one of the main reasons is for, i find from a a sort of a, a mental health point of view both from mine but also for from everyone else's because this is seriously tough it is tough mm. you know i'm not going to deny that for one minute everything is you know i've done a lot of things in my career and i have to say i i i find this this business probably the, one of the most toughest you know, you you have everything from animals dying on you to um, troll people trolling you on the internet to serious politics in the industry that you have to contend with to people accosting us at 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 uh, sheep events. Um, Being a vegetarian like 15, 20 years ago, it was just like a dietary choice. Now it's like an ideology. Like that's it's like a belief system and it's a there's a them and us mentality attached to it like when how long do you think that's been around as a meat farmer because i don't feel like it's always been this um this much of like a hot button topic for people yeah and then then you put the sort of um uh 
the greenwashing element over it as well, you know. Mm-hmm. You know that well, that was my other element. point I was going to make later is that I feel like in the context of climate change, and I feel like I've jumped right to the big thing I wanted to talk about straight away, I feel like in the context of this climate change conversation, farmers almost been painted as, especially meat-producing yes. farmers, it's like you guys are the bad Demonized. guys. Yeah, let's, it's like I feel like a few years ago it was support your local farmer. We kind of wanted to know the family behind the meat like you. Absolutely, you know, and, and like, I, we're generalising here. Not everyone feels mm. this way, but, you know, there, there, you know, there are a lot of people who disagree with farming full stop. A lot of my neighbours disagreed with us farming sheep here, for example. You know, we were told in the first week that we were here, what we were doing was never going to work. It, it's more easy for those that are against you to not only um, not do business with you, but then come and comment negatively about your business as yes. well. And um, it can be really hard to keep showing up in the face of all that. So how do you, how do I suppose you, because yeah. you have quite a lot of momentum on social media, um, how do you sustain what looks like daily momentum even in the face of all that? Oh man, oh, that is so, it's so hard, you know, I, and I love that the way you're really identifying who you're there for. And for me, the thing that keeps me going is really constantly thinking, who am I here for? Mm. You know, and for me, I'm here for people like me, I suppose, people like me or where I was 10, 15 years ago when Gary and I, we've talked about this several times in the podcast. And, and I think I've talked about it with you too, where we were desperate for information and advice and just banter Mm. uh, to to be able to help us make up our mind about what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it so to to help us create a vision and help us make good decisions because these decisions that we've made are expensive ones you know Mm. Uh, and and going into any business and and trying to succeed in any business you your heart has to be in it yeah you know, you've, you've got to be boots and all committed. There's no point half doing something, especially if it's going to be expensive. Well, especially, I suppose that even it's even more true for a farm business that you live on, even at least part of the time, because mm. it's not like you clock off, you shut that laptop no. and that business is done. Like that business is there 24 seven. Like you said, there yeah. could be a distressed animal at the middle of the night. So like power could go out. Anything could happen. Things go wrong because things do mm. go seriously wrong. And you've, you've got to be able to pick yourself up the, the next hour pretty much and, and kind of get on with it. I suppose I've known a couple of things that you've done probably on a practical level inadvertently, maybe sort of helping you make headway there too. Like I'd be, like I would imagine um, having a ver- like a VA helping you with your social media content allows you to maintain a bit of distance between like the coalface and the information that's going out there. Does that seem to help in some respect? Yeah. Again, I got pushback on that. You know, a lot, a lot of people say well, we've gone too corporate, Jill. You, you, this all heaven this forbid I ask for help and then pay them. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and again, I think that you know this is a challenge. I find and I, I still find a challenge because I want to be raw and I want to turn up, but I want to again get your face on your feed. One of your beautiful lines, Meredith. And at the same time. We've got to look professional. I suppose when you're a newcomer to an industry, because I know you've come from a farming family in Ireland, so it's not like you're completely fresh off the boat That doesn't count. That doesn't count over here. (laughs) Apparently not. It doesn't count. No, no, Um, no. It doesn't count. But 
it's I think sometimes when you come at an industry not through the ranks but sort of from a sideways kind of door and so you're looking at things with a very fresh perspective it's almost really easy to upset that that's not the way we do things around here apple cart Mm -hmm. and I suppose it's another instance where you have to be really like self-confident and know know from my life experience even if it's not life experience in this industry from what I know of the world people animals even Mm. this feels like a good idea and just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean it isn't a good idea it's just no one else has done it yet but hey we're disrupting we are absolutely disrupting uh, everything and and Gary's very Gary is very good because uh, because you know when when I when I you know we're, I think we're probably like you and your husband you know when one of us is having a sort of a a, a, a crisis the other one yeah. is there to sort of support and he will say Jill we're pioneering we are mm. pioneering here you know and he he he's seeing it from a big picture point of view in terms of how we want to farm and the approach we want it the philosophy we want to have you know and I'm not I'm, and I'm not going to try and sort of kill your buzz because this is what makes y- you so he. He would, he's risk averse. He feels I've got, you know, I, I, I haven't been doing this for 40 years, so I can't really talk about it. Whereas I'm thinking, well, I haven't been doing this for 40 years. That's why I can talk about it. Or, a- you know, I've just learned a serious, I've just made a serious mistake. That's what I'll talk about hmm. more. And, and that's often what, what you get on the, hmm. on the feed. It's, um, it's interesting too, when you become the when it when you sort of become a personal brand as such and you become the face of your business I think it's really interesting that you've sort of probably made a similar conscious effort that I have in that my family shouldn't play a role in my marketability like I'm making the active choice to be a face of the business but I do not want my husband or my kids to feel obligated to be part of painting that picture. Like I'll certainly talk about them a lot and talk about how the business works in the context of a family and juggling that kind of thing, which is really relatable. But I think I see too often that people then bring their families into the marketing of their business for the sake of creating that image. And it's like, well, hang on, they have a right to privacy. They have a right to not appear on a business's social media account. They're not paid models. They're your family. Something I really wanted to see if it it looked like from the inside what it did look like from the outside was this kind of social cultural shift with the climate change conversation where kind of like I said, I feel like Mm. even as recently as five, six years ago, like farmers were the heroes of the day, you know, like and it was something that I think we did really, we advocated for and respected and admired. Um, But, yeah, I feel like recently there's been shift where it's like, if you're you're part of the problem almost if you're a meat farmer how do you um how do you kind of mediate that industry shift that happens outside of your business i mean you could still be mediating it i guess i suppose firstly does is it as bad as what i'm making out or am i kind of probably reading a bit too much into it no i think it's definitely as as like if i give you an example there are some neighbors again that will have signs on their property which say land for wildlife yeah and they they say that you know their property they bought their property and and they don't farm it it's for wildlife so they will look down their nose at us because Mm. we're farming for profit we're farming from a commercial point of view so um, and therefore we're destroying the landscape and therefore we are also destroying the ecosystem so we're mm. you know even our the choice of trees that we plant on our property is everything needs to have two purposes so if i'm planting a tree 
it's for shade and possibly for fodder that the animals could potentially eat in a time of drought. So whereas some of our neighbours would would not agree with that philosophy, even the way I suppose we reconcile with it is two things. One, come on in and have a look. That's the open mm. book policy, you know, come on in and have a look, see for yourself. Then the other is, I suppose we, we focus on, and, and again, this is not just a sort of a, a tagline. We focus on regenerative agriculture. Mm. So we survived, for example, without a tractor for seven years. We've just bought a tractor this year. So, you know, and that's not because we we want to do things the hard way. We were learning what we needed to get done and what sort of a machine we we're looking for, what sort of, what, what, do we, what sort of size, what sort of function. Mm. So it really took us a while to, to be able to work out, I suppose, what, what we needed. Um, but that's fossil fuel, you know, that's not a, it's not a, a plug-in electric vehicle kind of thing. So it's, it's, you know, we're putting diesel in that tractor every week sort of thing so you know when you look at regenerative farming you've got to think about doing as much as you can and at the same time trying to we try not to even drive our tractor on the grass yeah because that Mm. compacts the soil and that's going to create issues down the track with Mm. compaction and potentially erosion and, and all these other things so Farming in a regenerative way, it, it's lots of different things. It's hard to sort of describe what it is. It's just, it's its everything. Just th- rethinking the way we do everything and trying to think of it in a, a, I suppose, a more sustainable way. But it's its genuine. Not that other sustainability isn't genuine, but this is, it really makes a difference to how we do things. I think um, as much as like trolling behaviour and sort of pushback not based on an opinion and not the truth is really hard to deal with. I suppose if you can fall, if you have a really strong sense of like, this is who we are and this is what we stand for, having that default clearly defined in your head and having it default back on, I suppose at least helps, I would imagine with that resilience where it's like, okay, that's your opinion. I'm off to go continue doing the same thing I've been doing for seven years because it's what I believe in before this you know, this lovely interaction happened, I'm going to go keep doing that. And feel free to follow along if you want the actual story. Um, yeah. So I suppose it's even more reason to keep talking about your values, beliefs, and how they um, how they show up in your day-to-day practice. So, like, it's fuel for the social media fire, if nothing else. It's just it doesn't stop it being more than a little bit exhausting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like what one recently, one someone's comment about a particular practice we were using and and its impact on safety and I got really angry and I I did the old you know <clears throat> delete the post hide the post sort of thing mm-hmm. and um and then I really stopped and thought about it and thought really I'm not a I'm not a hideaway <laughs> and uncancelled the post and then replied and sort of said you know thank you thank you for raising mm-hmm. that absolutely you know, you're right. Yeah, this this could have been a safety risk. This is how we've managed it. And then, you know, what's your top safety tip? So, mm. you know, let, let's help. Let's help everyone here. That's a fantastic way to turn it into an opportunity to have a conversation. And you turn yourself in the public kind of perception, you turn yourself from being on the defensive to being facilitating productive conversation. Like this yeah. is something that I encourage my clients to have a similar attitude towards like Google reviews. Like they'll sort of yeah. sweat bullets when it's like, oh, I've got a negative review. And it's like, don't apologize. 
thank them for the time it took to give such a in-depth review and tell them how much you appreciate the opportunities to learn and grow and share more information. It's like, oh, perfect. You've actually created an opportunity for me to elaborate on this point. And if by doing so, it's actually going to fill in this gap that you've identified. Yeah, and I suppose my intention was, you know, this, you know, if this person was raising a safety issue, then let, let's let's talk about that. Let's, mm. you know, and, and be be quite honest about it because no one's perfect and everyone's again this is for me this the whole concept is this is about learning and learning in a time of change no matter what Mm. sort of a farmer you are how long you've been doing it well something else that I reckon would probably be going some way to alleviating that Mm. would be the podcast because I feel the podcast is like podcasting is a really good way like what we're doing right now to get people who you really enjoy engaging with and then that in turn becomes social media fodder that you don't have to necessarily actively post and then monitor it can be like cut and slice to half a dozen different ways into some yeah. really sort of short snappy reels scheduled out boom I have heaps of content sharing heaps of value and as much as I think years ago I used to be like don't post and ghost sometimes to protect your head you got to post and ghost like put mm-hmm. it out there go make yourself a cup yeah, of tea <laughs> exactly I mean I, I don't know I think everything is probably a double-edged sword you know mm. the newspaper would be the same you know it's it, it can be used to name and shame but at the same time you know it, it can be used to educate so I mm. think we've we've just got to think how do you want to show up on social media and in in HR they call this the leadership shadow you oh, know I how like do you want term. your yeah yeah it's good isn't it how do you mm. want your shadow to cast on social media when you when you show up because that's exactly what's happening you you, you post something on social media you cast a shadow Mm. and and I think that let's let's hope that shadow is is a shadow that you can be proud of yeah I love that just bringing back to the idea of like what's the over like yeah beyond this this post and this comment that's really touched the nerve with me if you can zoom out to like what's the legacy I'm trying to create here and keep coming back to this legacy it makes it easy to kind of see that one comment as like a blip on the overall landscape of what you're trying to achieve here so I have loved watching you kind of experiment with a whole bunch of stuff on social media and like I love the fact that you like you could just see your thought process behind it where it's like screw it I'm gonna see if this works this looks like fun like there's you don't seem to kind of second guess yourself very much and that doesn't mean that it's raw or sloppy it's more of a case I'm just seeing like I can see like oh she's tried that technique oh she's tried that technique what would you what advice would you give to like other small businesses like even particularly farming businesses who are like yeah. all right I have to take social media more seriously but they they just struggle to give it a sense of purpose within like the broader context of what they're doing in their business well how would you give what would you tell them to start with yeah, maybe really think about again what what it is you're you're personally trying to achieve and again what's your purpose who's your audience sort of thing and then um think about what what you're good at you mm. know um like I I started again just like my sort of little experiments I started a thing called Wilshire Horn television which Wilshire Horn is the sheep that we breed and I was the marketing assistant for the association volunteer role <clears throat> and, I, and I just started as I was at an event I would just do hey this is a Wilshire Horn TV episode and here we are today with blah blah and my husband again Gary said to me gee one take Jill and we I had done a lot of <laughs> stuff like this I know it's so funny I've done a lot of stuff like this for my job, you know, making videos that I could use in my my HR business, in my training business. And he was always so shocked that everything was just one take. Mm. Uh, and he said to me, you are really good at that. 
And I thought, okay, if, if you're thinking and he's, you know, typically someone who knows you best, they're probably going to be your best advocate and your worst critic at the same time, be like yourself. And mm. I just thought to myself, ah, if I'm good at this, then uh, let me let me utilize that skill. So that would be mm. my advice. You know, think of what skills you've got. And maybe this is not your skill set. Maybe podcasts and talking and, and gas bagging, as we call it, Meredith, you know, isn't, isn't your skill set. That, what is then you mm. know what is you know maybe research is your skill set yeah even as like just a jumping off point to get you comfortable with doing it and then it's like all right well I'm pretty comfortable in this way of doing it now what can I test that's new that's replicate it's almost like that's at least gets you on your training wheels and you're on the bike and it's like all right well how can we kind of now ease you off the training wheels now that you've got a bit of forward motion um because I think I think with social media and all that too I think sometimes I think we make the mistake of following accounts that are almost too far ahead of us and it's like we're trying to replicate something that might be five to ten years more mature than what we are and better resource like they might have a team of six or seven people they might have someone dedicated to video dedicated to social whereas like at my level it's like I have a VA who I'm stretching really far she's a trooper but she can't be a team of 10 like that's just not fair um so yeah sometimes I think it's like you know done's better than perfect and it's just I think it's careful where you're casting the vision don't put the vision so far out in front of it's like well I can't be that tomorrow and it's like well of course you can't like they've been doing it for 15 years you know and I think definitely in in the sort of farming we do and when when we're you know going to shows and things like that compare yourself to who you were yesterday yeah um you know and and who you want to be tomorrow rather than comparing yourself to others well, I suppose, and again, if you're coming back to that greater purpose, if your greater purpose is markedly different from theirs, like you guys might look very similar at this point in time because you're at a similar point, but your your purpose will give you different trajectories. And so it's like you kind of can't compare yourself to where they are there because what's important to you might ever really allow you to go in that direction because it's like, well, that just doesn't align with what we're doing anyway. Well, so people can shamelessly follow you and try to replicate your success. Um, and I hope I hope they do. Like I'll, honestly, if you just I'll just be from, brave. I'll learn from my mistakes. Just be brave, like do just have a crack anyway, because like it's none of it's bad. It's just you, you can just yeah. see it getting better and better. But like even years ago, I'm like, wow, Jill's just having a crack at everything. Like she, I'm I'm loving like the beautiful scenery, and then it's oh, it's lambing, and then it's now it's the middle of the night, and now it's first thing in the morning, and it's like <laughs> if people want to shamelessly follow you and then at least copy you to get started and then they can figure their own stuff out where can they find you Holston Valley Farm on all the socials so Insta Facebook YouTube HolstonValleyFarm.com but if you just google Jill and Sheep it'll come up <laughs> well that's a nice <laughs> word nice, that professionally it's like just google me and the thing that I do and yeah. whole first page yeah. all me baby yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Side, side note I have a bone to pick with you um, yeah, your, count, your countdown to your YouTube channel launch I think about halfway through I nearly texted you I was like for the love of God just tell me what's coming like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean this is, this is good VAs for you do you know how many people contacted me and actually gave in you know I, I, even, <laughs> really? had, I even had yeah, one of our employees come to me and say Jill is there something I should know do I need to be involved in this I, I can't I stand be... the suspense like 
So, like, hats off to you for – so for those listening, Jill did, like, a countdown on her socials where, like, something big is coming. And I think it was, like, 12 days or something. Each day it was, like, oh, yeah. And seriously, by day six, I nearly broke. I'm like, for the love of God, woman, just tell me. I can't handle this. <laughs> thank oh, you so much for letting me – Um, oh. thank you so much for letting me ask all the questions and sort of, like, um pick over your experience again because I really love, what, like, all the different things you've been trying online. I think you're one of, like, the clients and the people I've worked with who it's – it's like perfect scenario where it's like they've got the tools and you just try everything. It's like it might work, it might not work, but we won't know, yeah. know until we give it a crack. Yeah. And I love I love seeing your attitude towards marketing your business online. It's really worth following and emulating to anyone, anyone listening. So yes. go make sure you follow Jill. If nothing else, yeah. you'll learn a heck of a lot about sheep farming. Yeah. <laughs> so nice having another guest bag. Nice. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Always good. Thank you.